Hi, everyone. Before we jump into today's bonus episode, I wanted to say a big thank you for tuning in. So many of you have reached out and asked, how can I support Behind the Smile? Well, there's a couple of ways. The first thing you can do is hit the follow button on whatever app you listen to the show on. The second thing you can do is share this podcast with three friends. The more people that follow this podcast, the higher it ranks and the more people we can reach with these stories. From the bottom of my heart, I thank you in advance. Now let's kick off this week's episode. Welcome to Behind the Smile with Ash Butters, a podcast designed to reveal the truth behind the masks we wear. Together, we look to demystify the human mind and its behaviours in relation to mental health, trauma and addiction. My name's Ash and I'll be your host as we uncover the real stories of people's pain and the steps they've taken to live a life of freedom in recovery. From sobriety to spirituality, join me each week as we uncover the reasons why people seek recovery and how their lives have changed by living one day at a time. Hello everyone and welcome back to an extra special bonus episode of Behind the Smile. I really wanted to jump on here today to record this solo episode for you all to celebrate the launch of season three. I honestly can't believe I'm even saying that. In just over a month's time now, it will be one year since the launch of the podcast, but we're not quite there yet. I'll make sure that I jump back in for another episode to celebrate that milestone. But I still think that season three is another epic milestone to be celebrated. Season three and over 50 episodes, which seriously... If you told me at the beginning of this that this is where we'd be now, I don't know if I would have believed you. You know, I started this podcast with a passion, with a drive to change the conversation, to remove the stigma around addiction, mental health and trauma. And over the journey so far, I've had the opportunity to speak to some incredible people, everybody who has shown up with so much authenticity and vulnerability and courage, courage to speak up, to share their stories and to put a face to addiction, to put a face to mental health so that we can stop buying into this stereotype, this stigma, which is just so archaic and in my opinion, just has no place left on this earth. We need to smash it to pieces and that's what we're doing here on the show. So to everybody who has listened, tuned in, shared an episode. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. And as a little bit of a thank you, I wanted to give something back to you today. And what I'm giving to you all is my morning routine. Now, I've had lots of people ask me throughout the last few years, what is it that you do to not only stay sober, but to live this really connected life, this present life and this life where I'm, I'm really clear on my purpose and my path and I feel like every day I'm moving in a state of flow. I've got this indescribable sense of peace that I've never experienced before and it's because of the actions that I take. I don't just stop drinking and then all of a sudden my life becomes amazing. In fact, quite the opposite can often be true. We put down alcohol or whatever it is for you. It might be food, it might be relationships, it might be shopping, 
whatever that process is that you do to take yourself out of yourself, you know, looking for the externals to make the internals feel better when the reality is it has to be an inside out job. That's where the magic happens. So I often get asked these questions and really what I've whittled it down to is this daily discipline that I have of a morning routine. So we will dive into that shortly, but I wanted to also just do a little bit of a check-in. It's been a while since I've checked in with you all to let you know what's been happening in my world. So I recently just got back from Bali. I was there for two weeks with my partner and a few friends. And the purpose of our trip this time around, because we were there in December, you can tell it's one of my favorite places in the whole wide world. We were there in December and then we decided to go back in June to attend the Bali Roundup. Now, what is the Bali Roundup? It is an AA convention, essentially. So there were over 500 people at this convention and it was held over a weekend. The organizers did an absolutely incredible job at setting up this three-day event. It was jam-packed with incredible speakers from all around the world and I can't tell you how incredible it was to be in a room with 500 other sober alcoholics talk about feeling connected. It really was electric. I was chatting to my sponsor before the convention started uh, a few days earlier. And she said to me, I, I mentioned something about, oh, look at the end of the conference. I think we were heading to Ubud. I think I'm going to find a healer. And she looked at me and she smiled and she said, oh, sweetie, you're not going to need a healer. You're going to have a spiritual experience. And she was absolutely right. It was an experience like no other, hearing people share their own journeys through sobriety and really how they apply the steps into their life today is really the goal. That's where I got the most tips and the most ideas around how I could apply different tools and techniques back into my own life because we're all on this path of growth. And that's what I love about AA and people who are working a program is that we're constantly looking to grow and evolve and to be of service, to be able to give back and to have a meaningful, purposeful life. Now, this was my first ever international convention, so I really didn't know what to expect. But without giving too much away, I'll just say it was a profound experience, so much so that we've already organized to do it again next year. So for anybody who's ever been thinking about maybe attending one of these, I highly, highly recommend it. So after the conference we did, we went up to Ubud and we had another few nights there, which was absolutely beautiful. I find Ubud to be such an incredibly spiritual place. And again, I just felt this beautiful sense of peace and calm. And it gave me this incredible reset to be able to come back home and really dive into all of the different projects that I've got going on. And there are quite a few. I can't share too much at the moment, but lots of exciting things happening on the work front as well. And I'm just so incredibly grateful to be doing what I love. I had no idea when I made the decision to get sober back in 2020 that my life would have changed so much. Everything from 
no longer being married to moving back to Melbourne to leaving my corporate job where I was working in the beauty industry for 15 years to retrain as a yoga teacher and a mentor and to now be working with people one-on-one helping them along their own healing journeys is just so incredible and I am beyond grateful for this amazing life and the opportunities that are coming up as a result of choosing to get sober. But like I said, we don't just stop drinking or stop using and all of a sudden life becomes amazing. There are different tools that we need to put in place to not only support us as we come out of whatever process or whatever addiction may have been ruling our lives, but then to continue along this path of growth. And for me, that is my morning routine. It's something that I'm really disciplined with and it's something that I can take with me wherever I go. And I think that's the beauty of having this routine and this discipline. So I'm going to talk you through the three components that make up my morning routine. So the first thing is prayer and meditation. Now I've spoken about both prayer and meditation before on the podcast, but what I really want to share with you today is the why. What do I actually get out of this practice? So Before I got sober, I had tried to meditate every now and then. I was really seeking something outside of myself at the time, even though I didn't realize that. And I was leaning into different practices like yoga, like meditation. But the problem was, number one, I couldn't stay consistent. And number two, I wasn't getting the impact that I was seeking because I was generally hungover or I had alcohol still in my system. And I remember downloading the Headspace app and I would sit there, I'd wake up in the morning and I'd get myself out of bed and sit on this chair and I'd put the app on. But it was just such a struggle because the noise in my head was so loud and I would be feeling so foggy and so unwell generally hung over that it just wasn't able to land for me. And I'd try and I'd try and unfortunately I just wasn't getting the benefits and the gifts that meditation have to offer because of the fact that I was always hung over and not feeling well. Yet I continued to try and show up. And I remember when I got sober and actually it was in rehab they really encouraged us to start to practice mindfulness and meditation. And so when I came out of rehab, I re-downloaded the app and I started this practice and it became a daily practice very early on. And what I loved in particular about the Headspace app was it had a counter, like a day count, which is similar to any sort of sobriety app that you might have downloaded where every day it, if you are consecutive, then you your day count goes up each and every day and being a type A highly competitive person, I wanted to see my day count increase every single day. So therefore I was consistent. What I found was when I started meditating consistently, my whole life changed. Now I know that sounds like a really grandiose statement, but I can't stress the importance and how profound this practice has been in my life. What meditation has given me is the ability to pause. And what I mean by that is it's that moment when I am triggered or when I have a feeling 
and then I choose to respond rather than react. And it's in the pause that I can take a moment and take a breath and actually tune into my inner knowing and make decisions and take actions from a place of conscious awareness. When I was out there drinking, I was highly reactive. If somebody cut me off while I was driving, if somebody rubbed me up the wrong way, I just, I had this idea that the world was against me and the, and I was prickly, you know, like I would be smiling and shiny and lovely to everyone and then something would set me off and bang. It was incongruent. There was no consistency in my behavior. And what I get from having this ability to pause is I'm able to come from a place of authenticity. I'm able to take a breath and I'm able to actually ask, like, what do I really think or feel in this moment? How do I want to respond rather than just reacting and then having to clean up the mess later? And another thing I love about the practice of meditation is the ability for it to create a sense of clarity within the mind. I had the opportunity to practice with Cole recently when I was in Ubud. And if you don't know who Cole is, she was on an episode recently, Cole Chance. She is a beautiful yoga teacher. And I went to one of her classes and she shared this beautiful story about the mind and how our mind is often like the ocean. And when the waves are choppy, you can't see the bottom of the ocean. And that's the same as when our thoughts are really busy. It's very difficult to ascertain where the truth lies within all of that when we have these messy minds or these muddy waters. But when you practice meditation, what you do is you create a stillness of the mind. And it's in that stillness that the water becomes flat and you can see the bottom of the ocean. I just thought that that was such a perfect way to describe our thoughts and our thinking because it's when we bring our mind to a place of stillness that you can really see clearly and you can really connect to your own inner knowing and your own truth. But this doesn't happen, unfortunately, from meditating once a week. You really, really do need to be consistent with this practice. And that's why I've made it part of my morning routine. And it's the first thing I do in the morning, because what I like to do is to be able to clear my mind straight away. Because when I wake up, I go straight into thinking mode. I'm thinking, I'm planning, what do I need to do today? Who do I need to speak to? What actions need to da, 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 right? The minute I wake up, my brain is on. So taking that 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever it is that I can take at the beginning of my day to create that space, it means that for the rest of the day, I've already set up the programming. And so hopefully my default will be to pause rather than, like I said earlier, to react to any situation because I can guarantee you life is going to happen and it's not if something happens, but when. We learn about this in the program as well. It's like, it's not if I'm selfish or dishonest, it's when. It's the reality of the human condition. But if we can catch ourselves in the moment, if we can be mindful and be aware, then it means that we can put out the spot fires as we go. We're not building up this chaos and carnage that follows us around like a black cloud of shame. And then what I love to do after I've meditated is I pray 
I pray to God because that's what I call it. it. That works for me, but you can call it higher power. You can call it spirit of the universe. It can be a past relative. It can be whatever you want it to be. It's just something that's greater than me. It's something that I can hand over to and to almost surrender in that moment. Every single morning, I ask God how I can best be of service today. And what that does is it ensures that I'm putting my mind into how I can help other people so that it's not just about me and my world. You know, there is so much more on this earth than just us. And to be able to turn your thinking and your heart outwards. For me, that's been one of the greatest gifts and the biggest shifts within my own behavior that's brought me the greatest fulfillment over the last three and a half years. And so whether you've got memorized prayers or whether you want to freestyle with your higher power, with your God, it doesn't matter. It's just about fostering that connection, saying those words out loud and doing it again daily so that you can really foster and build that relationship. And it's then I find the stronger my relationship is with God, my higher power, the more I call on my higher power when I'm in moments where I desperately need it. It's similar to any other relationship that we have in life. The more that you invest, the more that you reach out, make contact, communicate, the stronger the relationship is going to be. So prayer and meditation, that's number one. Now, the thing I do straight after that is I write my gratitude list. Now, writing a gratitude list is a really powerful tool to help develop a positive mindset. Remember, your thoughts create your reality and our minds are so, so powerful. It's been shown time and time again that where we focus our attention is where we develop abundance. So if your mind is trained to notice things in life that you're grateful for, you'll find that you'll experience an overall improvement in your outlook in life. Now, there's some really, really cool benefits to practicing gratitude. So from a mental health standpoint, it's been shown that practicing gratitude can actually boost neurotransmitters such as serotonin that activate the brain to produce dopamine. So the more we think positive thoughts, the happier and the healthier our brains will be. It also helps to reduce stress and anxiety. So by focusing on the things that you're grateful for, you can actually shift your attention away from negative thoughts and worries. In regards to your physical health, gratitude has been linked to improve physical health by lowering blood pressure, improving your immune function, and helping you sleep better. And then on a spiritual level, you'll find that gratitude can help improve relationships. So when I talk about that, what I'm referring to is They've shown that when we practice gratitude, it helps to increase our feelings of connection and empathy towards others. So you'll find that those relationships can be strengthened with this sense of compassion and community. And practicing gratitude can also increase resilience in the face of adversity. So by focusing on the good things in life, you'll find that you can build this sense of emotional strength that helps you to develop coping skills that can help you navigate difficult situations. So there's plenty of benefits to this really simple practice. For me, I've found that 
over time practicing consistently, I've been able to rewire my own neural pathways to see the positive in most situations. Now, I certainly don't do this in every situation. I am by no means perfect, but I really do look at life with the glass half full. And I think that this daily practice of gratitude really helps me to do that, to be solution focused, to be positive and to see the good even in a difficult situation. I'm always asking myself, what is the lesson that I'm meant to be learning here? So just remember, the mind is so powerful and where we focus our attention and our energy there will be growth. The more we focus our energy on positive thoughts, the more we will see abundance in our lives. Likewise, the more we focus our thoughts on negative, the more bleak and unhappy your life might be. So definitely implementing gratitude daily is something that I'd recommend. And then the last thing I do as part of my morning routine is I take a moment of reflection, which for me looks like journaling. Now, I started journaling consistently when I went into rehab and I haven't stopped since. It's become such an integral part of my morning routine and part of my daily practice because it allows me to connect back in with myself. Journaling not only creates space for reflection, but I find that it opens up this channel for a stream of consciousness to communicate back to me. And it can also be really helpful to recognize and identify patterns or even triggers. So by creating this awareness, I'm able to catch the thought before it starts to grow and metastasize and become something completely different. So many people that I come across today when I'm working with my clients share with me that they feel disconnected and A lot of the time they're unsure what they're doing with life. And so I often encourage journaling because I find that it can be an incredibly useful tool to keep track of your thoughts and your intentions. And over time, you'll start to realize whether or not you're actually living a life on purpose. Then in relation to recovery, studies also show that journaling helps us to accept rather than judge our mental experiences. And what happens there is it results in fewer negative emotions in response to different stresses, which is a really powerful defense against relapse. It's all about creating that awareness of the thought and then being able to question the conditioned thought. You know, just because we think something doesn't mean that it's true. I remember hearing that for the first time and it was so profound. Just because you think something And that message, that story is coming from your voice, probably really loudly, does not mean that it's true. So by getting these thoughts out of your head and onto paper, sometimes it helps you see it more clearly. And then you can actually question, is this in fact true for me? Is this a helpful thought? And if it's not, guess what? You do not have to hold on to it. Now, some people say to me, I don't know where to start with journaling. If you're unsure, you can use different journal prompts. You can Google these. There's heaps out there. Find something that resonates for you on that day. 
The second thing that you can do is just free write. So you might get out a pen and paper. I do find it really helpful to do it with a pen and paper if you want to type, if that is what's your jam. I'm not going to say don't, but I do find something really cathartic about putting pen to paper. You can take your piece of paper out and then just write whatever comes to mind. Set yourself a timer. It might be two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes. And it may just be nonsense in the beginning. You might literally be writing. I'm writing in my journal right now. I don't know what I'm writing, but blah, blah, blah. And eventually something will kick in. A stream of thought will enter and then you can start to write on whatever naturally flows through. And then the last thing that I'll say on this is just as it's the same with meditation and gratitude, consistency is key. Really try to commit to showing up to write in your journal at least every other day, even if it's just one thought or one sentence. And so that's it. It might sound like a lot, but really it's not. What it takes is a bit of time. Yes, absolutely. And a bit of discipline. I don't feel like doing this every day. And hand on heart, I don't do this every day because like I said, this is progress, not perfection. And I do not do anything perfectly. But I do show up for myself and I know that every time I do carve out the time to do this in the morning, I set myself up to win the day. Now, I would love to hear from you guys. If you give this a go, try implementing your own morning routine or if you've got any other little tips and tools that you want to add in, feel free to contact me either through the website ashbutters.com or hit me up on Instagram, send me a DM, I'll make sure that I come back to you. By the time this episode airs, I will be in Hamburg, Germany, celebrating my best friend's wedding, which I'm so super excited about. For those of you who've listened to older episodes, I've done a couple of Ask Me Anything episodes with my best friend, Georgia, who lives in Hamburg and she is getting married. So that's where I'll be when this episode drops. But like I said, you can still hit me up on those socials and let me know how you're going with your own morning routine. Once again, I want to thank you all so much for being here and supporting the show. When we recover loudly, no one needs suffer in silence. So thank you for being here. Until next time.